0: The U.S. Men's National Team has released their roster for the upcoming World Cup qualifier window, a window that is very important, a window that, if successful, could see the U.S. Men's National Team go a long way towards clinching uh, a burst into the 2022 World Cup. Now, this roster is very interesting for a number of reasons. We discussed already that COVID was going to play a factor. It absolutely has. But we had a lot of questions coming into this roster, and I think we got a real a real answer, uh, an, an answer that taught us a lot about uh, Greg and this club. And, and what it's going to be moving forward. And if you keep watching this video, I promise you that you're going to learn some things about this team that's going to change the way that you see the team. I know in doing the research for this, I learned so much and it really illuminated a lot that we've been seeing over the last few months. So let's jump into it. My name is Sam. This is the Anchor Report. This the show we talk about the U.S. Men's National Team. If you're into that, hit subscribe, hit the like button, all that good stuff. Let's start with the goalkeepers. Now, there are four goalkeepers. Uh, it is Sean Johnson, Gabriel Salina, uh, Zach Steffen, and Matt Turner. Now, Selena is an interesting name. The 17-year-old from MLS is a part of this roster. I think you'll see throughout this roster, there's a lot of names where you're like, that's kind of odd. And Greg did say in his press conference that he kept a lot of the guys from the, uh, from the January camp around just because of COVID and because he knew that they were quarantined. Uh, and it, it would just they would be available in case something should happen. And a lot is happening right now, guys. Uh, I Let me confess, I actually have COVID right now, along with just about everybody else I know. I mean, COVID is running rampant uh, all over the place, and it's, it's not a surprise that uh, Greg's being conscious Uh, cautious in that regard now the two marquee names of course going to be Zach Steffen and Matt Turner and Matt Turner uh, his name has been in the headlines recently Taylor Twelman tweeted that uh, Arsenal put in a bid for Matt Turner uh, a sizable bid which is absolutely fantastic news I mean I don't know if you guys uh, know Matt Turner's story but he came to soccer late ended up going to a really small college where uh, one of my favorite little stories is that he was actually um, selected second team all metro uh, in a little college ends up going undrafted into MLS plays in the PDL Gets uh, called up, ends up at New England Revolution, has some unbelie- stati- statistically unbelievable seasons, gets into the national team, has that incredible goal cup, and now here he is potentially on his way to the Premier League. To uh, I mean, I, I'll i call him a top six team. You guys know what I mean. Uh, a, a European Super League team in Arsenal, uh, a traditional power, certainly uh, one of the wealthier clubs in the world. Uh, very exciting news, and it's interesting because... You know, for a lot of people, the big separator between Matt Turner and Zach Steffen has always been that Zach Steffen plays in the Premier League for uh, Manchester City, and Matt Turner could never play in the Premier League for a team of that caliber. But then we find out that Arsenal's put in this bid, and it really uh, changes the way that we're thinking about the goalkeeper's position at least right now. Now, I will still say that I think uh, Zach Steffen should continue to be the keeper. I don't like the idea of changing keepers around too much in a World Cup qualifying cycle where uh, the points are so important. Uh, once we qualify, uh, if we qualify, I, I think you can open up that conversation again. But right now, I, I think Zach Steffen the guy, and I already kind of hinted at it, but there's some other stuff coming later on in the video that kind of go a long way towards explaining why Zach Steffen is that guy for this team right now. Now, we move on to the fullbacks, and this is an interesting list, man. Uh, we have Reggie Cannon, Sergio Des, Brooks Lennon, Anthony Robinson, and DeAndre Yedlin. Right off top, Brooks Lennon is that name that just doesn't look like it belongs. I'm assuming that he's just like uh, Gabriel Salina in that he's a player that was part of the January camp that Greg's just electing to keep along just in case. And we'll probably not see Brooks Lennon. Uh, suit up in any of the games in this window. Uh, Greg was asked about why he brought so many right backs and only one left back, and he said that uh, just about all these right backs can play left back, uh, and he even said Kellen Acosta could potentially play left back. So uh, Greg is planning on playing some of these right backs at left back. I know a lot of people have a problem with that, but uh, it is what it is at this point. Sergio Das, of course, is the marquee name in this group. Uh, he has been in a will-he-won't-he situation with Barcelona. Uh, he's been held out of the roster for Barcelona 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 for a few weeks now he actually did get a few minutes recently uh, in one of Barcelona's latest games so he does have some minutes under his belt it's it's a weird situation but then again guys All the teams that we're going to be playing against in this upcoming window are facing the similar kind of situations that we are. A lot of them have a lot of MLS guys. A lot of them have a lot of guys who haven't been playing recently. Uh, A lot of them are are having guys who are going to be missed because of COVID. It's going to be a really weird window just for everybody involved. So uh, the U.S. Men's National Team and the teams that we're playing. So uh, everybody's sort of in the same boat in this window. It's just going to be a matter of who's available on game day. And now a word from today's sponsor, Bet Online. would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march towards the playoffs and beyond bet online remains the number one spot for all betting action in 2022 new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to get started from football basketball hockey boxing ufc and of course soccer right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. The big miss and I think the only legitimate snub in this entire roster is Joe Scally. It is it's quite surprising that Joe Scalley's not on this roster. I don't think that Greg Gave a reason for that in his press conference. We know that Joe Scally had COVID recently, but he did play in the latest game for Mönchengladbach. Uh I, I don't know what the situation is there. I, I don't know if Greg just decided he he doesn't think Scally is up for it, or if if he wasn't physically up for it. I, I don't know the situation. Uh, it is a surprise there because uh, Scally has just been playing so well uh, for for Borussia Mönchengladbach gladback this season. Um, that being said, I I do think Scally does have an opportunity to be part of this squad. I I think what we're seeing right now is Greg put together a squad for World Cup qualifying and is looking to keep that a close-knit squad. And I do think that after World Cup qualifying, I mean, after World Cup qualifying, there's going to be like five months before the World Cup. We're going to have a long time. There's going to be a Nations League window. Uh, There's going to be a bunch of friendlies. So there is going to be opportunities for guys who are kind of outside the bubble right now to be a part of that squad. And we see it every World Cup. I know uh, there's a... Uh, famous story from the last World Cup cycle where the U.S. failed to qualify, where, uh, if you recall, Weston McKinney was breaking through at Shaka at that time, uh, but he was not a part of the U.S. men's national team. And Bruce Arena was asked about that after uh, the U.S. failed to qualify, and he said uh, he basically said what I just said, that he had his World Cup qualifying cycle team, and after uh, after they qualified, he was going to look to start integrating some of the younger guys like Wes McKinney and Tyler Adams and, and guys like that, but he didn't want to integrate them uh, during the cycle. Now, it didn't work out for Bruce Arena at, at that time, obviously, uh, but I do think that that's kind of what Greg has in mind uh, right now. So, the, the, it's it's not impossible for guys like Joe Scally and Conrad De La Fuente, uh, Josh Sargent, who had a big day today, uh, to, to work their way into this I I do think um, it's going to be like tryouts uh, after qualification, Uh, but at at least in this window, disappointing for no Joe Scali. Now we move on to center backs, and this is, I mean, this is the marquee moment in the video right here. This is the the big thing. Uh, John Brooks was left out, and instead of John Brooks, we get Mark McKenzie, Chris Richards, Miles Robinson, Walker Zimmerman. Uh, I gotta be honest, I was a little surprised that John Brooks was left out of this roster. Considering whenever he was left out in the last window, he did write that note, and you know, as I remarked on uh, Eleven Yanks' channel, that reminded me so much of whenever a teacher would catch me doing something bad in class, and she would make me write a note apologizing to the class, you know, and that was like my path to forgiveness. It seemed like that kind of thing. It just reminded me of that so much. Uh, But whatever happened, it it fell through. Now, Greg Berhalter at his press conference said uh, that The reason why John Brooks was uh, off the team uh, has only to do with form and nothing else that there's no other reason for that and I think at this point we all realize that that's that's a little bit far-fetched right like that's there's, there's something going on with John Brooks that is outside the realm of form uh, that is keeping him off this team. Now, here's where the video gets spicy because John Brooks' exclusion absolutely sent me down a rabbit hole today. Uh, the last time we saw John Brooks was that four to one victory away in Honduras. And if you remember, that's the game where uh, the US came out in a, a, a three-man back line, looked really bad. Greg Berhalter actually pulled John Brooks at halftime uh, and, and John Brooks was seen uh, being fairly demonstrative on the sideline and that's the last time that we saw John Brooks for the national team and that's an interesting thing because it, it reminded me of the famous where I have the uh, the ringer inside the world cup story where uh, it really went into depth about why the US Men's national team missed the 2018 world cup it had interviews from a lot of the players uh, some of them elected to be anonymous others put their names on, on the line but one of the interesting tidbits that they talk about is that when Jurgen Klinsmann became the head coach of the national team one of the first things he did was he cut uh Carlos Bocanegra. Carlos Bocanegra at that time was Captain America. He had long been captain of the national team. His skills were beginning to decline at that point, uh, but he was still like the heart and soul of the locker room. And Klinsman came out and kind of cut him unceremoniously uh, just just right from the start. And and a lot of players on that team uh, list that as like the first thing uh, that really started to uh, sow the seeds of discontent within the locker room. Um, uh, uh, Players list that as like the first thing that made them start questioning the coach and, and start separating uh, on the field and whenever you cut a player that is as looms as large as John Brooks and no make no mistake this is John Brooks getting cut from the team that's gonna have some impact in the locker room one way or another so I started thinking about like is this going to be another situation where the players start getting upset about John Brooks not being a part of the group? Do, do the players want John Brooks in this group? Uh, so I started doing some research. I, I started thinking, like, how many times has John Brooks captain the national team? Because like, John Brooks is, is one of the players that, if you look at the national team, you would assume that John Brooks would be the captain of this squad. I mean, he's one of the few players that has uh, World Cup qualifying, I mean, World Cup experience, World Cup qualifying experience. He's been a long time pro. Uh, he's one of the few players that you could consider best 11 uh that has all that experience i mean coming into uh Cup qualifying we all assumed that he would be the leader of this group so i looked it up and john brooks has been the captain of the national team zero times zero times i mean i could not believe that i, I found that unbelievable he has 45 caps and he's been the captain zero times I mean, consider guys like, like Christian Pulisic has been the captain seven times. Tim Ream has been the captain uh, seven times. Jimmy Conrad, shout out to Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy Conrad was the captain five times. Aaron Long, five times. Even Tyler Adams, four times. Eric Lehigh was the captain of the national team one time. Now, that's not to say that uh, any player that's not the captain is, is a bad player or whatever. You know, like Kellen Acosta, for instance, has never been the captain of the national team. I just found it really interesting which led me to wonder like how does john how does greg berhalter uh think about captains for the national team how does he appoint him and brian strauss wrote an absolutely phenomenal article uh about the players council under greg berhalter something i'd never even heard of and i uh, i ask all of you out there to go out there and read that article because it's absolutely phenomenal and really goes a long way to explaining what we're seeing from the national team essentially uh greg berhalter decided that since uh, it's such a young team, uh, and, and that there was no, there, there wasn't a lot of leaders out there. That he didn't want to assign a permanent captain for the national team. What he did was he created a players' council, and and that players' council will kind of determine who the captain was game to game, but they would also serve as sort of like the student council of the locker room and kind of make decisions for the players and and and, and kind of be the, the coach's voice in the locker room and be uh, th- that bridge between the players and the coach. And they, they list a few instances where the players council helped, you know, the team change practice times or whatever. But anyway, uh, later on in October of 2019, Greg actually named a permanent players council. And, and the players on that list, I think explain a lot. It was Aaron Long, Weston McKinney, Christian Pulisic, Zach Steffen, Tyler Adams, and Tim Ream. Now, since then, some of those players have kind of come in and out of of the locker room. So, like they they talk about how um, how Walker Zimmerman has been a part of that players council as well. They list a bunch of players who have been part of the players council. Now, one name who has never been on that list is John Brooks, and that's interesting to me. That uh, once again, it's a it's a player that you would expect to be a part of something like this. Who's just not a part of it, uh, but but it says two things to me. So number one, it says that. John Brooks is not a guy who would be a part of this player council, even though it's rotated a bunch, uh, and he definitely could have been a part of it. It seems like he would be a part of it, but he's not a part of it uh, throughout Greg Berhalter's tenure. That's Number one, that, that's what it says to me. But number two, it makes me wonder, would Greg Berhalter make a decision like this to leave out this stalwart defender, this, this guy who is considered one of the top ten players on the national team, this, this guy with all this experience, Without consulting the council, and I don't know, I I have no idea. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But the 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 feeling that I got from the article is that this is a pretty tight knit group, and and anything that happens uh, within the group is kind of fully discussed. That's kind of the way that they uh, put it out there. And to me, if there was discontent in the locker room over John Brooks being dropped, if there was drama going on, I feel like. The, the, the council would have spoke up. I feel like that, that would have been resolved at some point because they actually talk about an instance where there was a need for a disciplinary action. Halter asked the council, should we play this guy? Should we leave him on the bench? And the council said, I think we should play him. Uh, and, and Greg went with that. So to me, it sounds like Greg is actually uh, referring to the leadership within the squad and the leadership being Weston McKinney, Christian Pulisic, Tyler Adams, Zach Steffen, Walker Zimmerman, uh, Aaron Long, uh, they're the ones that are being his voice for the squad. So if John Brooks is being left out of the squad, at least at least from all that I can gather, uh, based on all the information that we have, it seems like the squad is okay with that. And I find that very interesting. And To me, that means that if John Brooks was not a part of the last window and he's not a part of this window, he's probably not going to be a part of this group for the rest of World Cup qualifying at least. Maybe he gets a clean slate after that, but it sounds to me that that John Brooks is is not in the mix with these guys. It, if he's not in the leadership council, if he's if he hasn't been a captain, if you know if if he's not a part of the team elected anything, I don't know if he's truly a part of this team. Now the council in regards to the John Brooks situation is really interesting, but I think it also speaks to a lot of different situations on the national team. We were wondering how did Zach Steffen uh, take over the starting spot whenever Matt Turner was holding it down and just playing really well, and I think it speaks to well Zach Steffen is one of the leaders on the team. He's he's one of the players in the council. He's a player that everybody looks up to. Of course, that's his position. I I think that speaks to that. Why has Aaron Long been a part of this group even though he's clearly not healthy? Well, Aaron Long was one of the first council members. He's been a captain five times. He's a a player that's highly respected and highly regarded in the locker room, and that's why he's been a part of this group. It's really interesting whenever you start to see uh, how this team is working from the inside. It really goes a long way to explaining what what we're seeing and also what we're not hearing. You know, Greg did not criticize John Brooks in the press conference. He said it it's all has to do with form. And one thing about the Greg Berhalter regime is that we have gotten no leaks. There are n- the only leaks we ever get is whenever a player leaks something somewhere else. When Mark McKenzie says something on a podcast, whenever Build releases an article that talks about John Brooks, whenever Luca De La Torre says something on a podcast, whenever Weston McKinney's dad tweets something, that is the only time we get leaks. We don't ever get anything from the team. And I think that does speak to a team that is a, a solid group. And I think that for me, at least it's a really optimistic sign. Moving on to defensive midfielders, and this one is pretty straightforward. Tyler Adams, Kellen Acosta, you knew it before you even opened the roster that those two names were going to be on there. Uh, Tyler Adams in the past, well, he's logged the most minutes of any player in the national team. Uh, He's logged, uh, he started in three games already. We'll see how Greg decides to dole out his minutes, but he's absolutely a warhorse for this team uh, and one of the players that's my favorite to watch on the squad. Moving on to the attacking midfielders, we have Luca Della Torre, Sebastian Leggett, Wes McKinney, Eunice Musa, and Christian Roldan. Uh, the big omission is Jean Lacabusio. Now, Greg came out and said Jean Lacabusio has been omitted because of he has COVID. Uh, if you guys might have seen, Venezia said that they had 11 players test positive. And when I saw that this morning, my heart sank because I kind of knew then and there that we weren't going to see. Uh, we weren't going to see Jean-Luc Abusio a part of this group. Uh, Luca De La Torre is going to be a part of this group, which is something, I mean, I haven't seen a player talked about as much in the last two months as Luca De La Torre. Everybody's making a comp video. Everybody's doing analysis. Everybody's breaking him down. He's a player that everybody wants to see. If we're going to see Luca De La Torre, it's going to be in this window uh, because Jean-Luc Abusio is not a part of this group. And that means behind Tyler Adams, Eunice Musa, and Weston McKinney, uh, we have Legette. Roldan, and Luca De La Torre. So of those three guys, Leggett, Roldan, and De La Torre, somebody is getting some significant minutes here. Hopefully it's De La Torre. We'll see how it all plays out. Greg Berhalter in his press conference, uh, when asked about who's playing real, well right now in this window, he said Weston McKinney's have it in the form of his life. But he also said Tyler Adams is playing really well, and Eunice Moose is playing really well. Moving on to the wingers, and we have Brennan Aronson, Paul Areola, Jordan Morris, Christian Pulisic, and Tim Weah. Now, the big question coming in was is Gio Reyna going to be fit he is not he's expected to return to Dortmund following the international window the other question was is Tim going to be fit and he seemed to make it just in time uh, he got some minutes in the last game for Lil whether he's 90 minutes match fit or not is going to be a big question uh, I, I have a feeling it's going to be one of those situations like we saw with Pulisic in the last window where he's going to be brought in off the bench as a super sub uh, meaning that Uh, Brendan Aronson and Christian Pulisic are going to get the bulk of the minutes. Brendan Aronson in the headlines right now because uh, Leeds uh, put in a $27 million bid for For Brennan Aronson, go ahead, Brennan, get you some. Get you some, Brennan, a player that, boy, I was wrong about. I kind of criticized him whenever he he first hit the national team. I didn't know what his ceiling was going to be. But man, oh man, $27 million to go to a BLSA coach team in the Premier League. That is not chump change. That is uh, great to see. But so far, uh, Salzburg has rejected all those bids. So uh, Brennan, so far, is still a Salzburg player. But man, if those bids keep coming like that, it's going to get pretty tough to turn those down at some point. Uh, really exciting to see Jordan Morris back on the roster. Uh, I've, I've talked a lot about Jordan Morris, about what he brings to the squad, uh, considering how many times we've seen these wingers go down with injuries or whatever else. Uh, it's good to have Jordan Morris back in the mix. Hopefully he's clicking on all cylinders. Uh, Paul Ariola, another player who's uh, been in a transfer saga. There was a lot of rumors about him going over to uh, Club America and Liga MX, but he ends up getting the move to uh, FC Dallas for a ton of Monopoly money in MLS. Uh, so that's a Big new signing for Paul Areola. Kind of an exciting time. Uh, I know Paul Areola is not a fan favorite. Uh, there are five wingers on this squad. I doubt all five see time. It's going to be interesting to see whether that's Areola or Jordan Morris or like how those minutes are going to be doled out. I'd love to see Morris uh, get get a get a run out uh, if he's healthy, uh, but that's a big caveat. Now for the forwards, and we have Giasi's artists, Jesus Ferreira and Ricardo Pepe. Ricardo Pepe, the headliner, uh, Already playing at Osberg, that was the big fear, right? The big fear was he was gonna make a transfer and he was not gonna get minutes and he was gonna be on the bench and it was gonna be uh, a Brian Reynolds situation and our star uh, teenage striker was just gonna be collecting rust into the World Cup. Well, so far it appears not to be the case. He uh, already got minutes in his first game for Allsberg, uh started in his second game, is looking very threatening in the Bundesliga uh, so far. I feel like I feel like it's going to be a, a good move for him. I feel like he's going to be uh, getting goals in, in no time, so I'm excited for Ricardo Pepe, expecting him to get the bulk of the minutes. Now, behind him, uh, we thought DK could potentially be uh, the guy for this. There was questions about whether or not it was going to be Josh Sargent, and Josh Sargent, boy, oh boy, what a day he had today. Two goals, the brace. uh first with that heel free. Thing, the rainbow that I'm sure he absolutely meant to do. And then the second, a thunderous header. A thunderous header from Josh Sargent. I don't know if I've ever seen that, at least not at the senior team level. Uh, fantastic for him. Really excited about him potentially crashing this party, uh, maybe in the next window, or hopefully he just carries this momentum. But anyway, that's enough on Josh Sargent. Let's talk about the players who are actually here. Jesus Ferreira, you know, he's a Burhalter favorite. Uh, he's a guy that kind of plays that withdrawn striker position. Giassi's artist, another Burhalter favorite. Uh, um, a, a player that always brings a ton of effort, a, a player that uh, somehow, someway seems to be productive for the national team against all odds. The striker position remains one that's really open in, in the air behind Ricardo Pepe, if someone could come up and seize that. But wh- whatever, we have a roster that can definitely compete in all three games. We have a roster that can definitely win those two home games and can definitely go out and compete against a Canada squad that, unlike the U.S., has a ton of MLS players that were not able to come together for camp. So a lot of the MLS players, well, actually all the MLS players that Canada has, which is a bunch, uh, are not going to have played since the end of the MLS season. So they're going to be a significant disadvantage in that. Uh, of course, they're dealing with a lot of COVID issues themselves. Uh, so it's going to be a hobbled, uh, Canada when we take them on that frozen tundra out there. Uh, so that's going to be a, who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, it, it's going to be a really fun window, man. If Things are. I'm pretty optimistic right now. I'm pretty optimistic. I know I said on uh, Pete's channel that that this would that six points was like the bare minimum, but I really think we can get more than that at this point. I, I think we got a roster that that I think has really come together and is, is really um, found an identity, and and I think this roster can go out there and do it. I, I think we can really uh, go a long way towards qualifying it and and. Taking that monkey off our back and and finally being able to exhale as a a soccer nation. I I think we can do it in this window. So that's my take on the roster. I want to know, did you know about the council? Did you know about the console? Cause I didn't know about that. And it is absolutely fascinating. And it answers so many questions about why things are the way they are within this national team. Uh, let me know in the comment section, make sure you go check out that article. If you haven't already. It's a Brian Strauss article. I'll probably have put up a image of it, uh, in the video. What are your thoughts on the John Brooks situation? What are your thoughts on the striker situation? Do you think Greg got it right with these strikers? Do you think somebody else should have gotten the mix? I saw, I know a lot of you are Hoppy fans. I don't know if you saw the news that, uh, Hoppy's trying to be loaned out to some, uh... S- Spanish Segundo Division teams and they have all turned them down. It's It doesn't look good for Hoppy right now. Uh, the, the reports are not looking good. Uh, but anyway, what are your thoughts on the striker position? What are your thoughts on uh, Luca De La Torre potentially getting in the mix in this midfield? Can you Are you able to look past uh, Roldan and Leggett being in the squad or is that just too much for you? Sticks in your craw. I, I know the Scali omission is tough, man. I, I really want to see Scali for this team. I really like that guy. Uh, I think he's going to be great for this group. Uh, I'm really disappointed that we it's a, a delayed gratification, but I do believe that uh, this squad can definitely go out and get the job done. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Si puede hablar español, diame un comentario en español. Thank you to my tier two subscribers, Manuel Alivarez and Mike Irish. Uh, guys, thank you so much for uh, all the comments and well wishes following the Alexi Lawless interview. Uh, that was a big deal for us. Uh, if you want to, Listen to these videos instead of watch them. The Yank Report podcast is up there everywhere you get your podcast. You can check that out. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for hitting the like button. If you want to become a member, you can do that too. I just put up a behind-the-scenes video uh, to give you some thoughts on the U.S. Miss National Team situation that I don't think I want to bring to the main channel. Guys, my name is Sam. This is The Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe.